Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Aaron. And this is our Seventh Heaven podcast. Yeah, today on Camden Cast, we will be talking about season six, episode nine of Seventh Heaven. The title is Lost, uh, or in Germany, the title is Missing. Our IMDb user synopsis is Robbie has spent too much time with Joy on top of his two jobs, so he demands a day off to buckle up studying. She insists just this one day, and Eric convinces Robbie he should at least find out if it's a special day. On his way, he finds a he finds a picks up a stray dog tagged in Arizona. It turns out to be the pet that disappeared exactly two years ago with Joy's kid brother Joseph, and may now lead the police to the boy and his abductor. At home, the girls ask their parents to select ideal partners, leading to lots of speculation. Matt and Simon's attempt to pick up suitable girls by walking the winds backfires. So there were some typos in that for sure. The winds. The winds. Um, what was your first impression? Um, so as predicted, this is kind of the fresh start, Seventh Heaven. We're kind of back to, like, I feel like pre-season four days of, like, Lucy and Mary getting up to shenanigans but now instead of having like Matt be away with John, we have Matt and Simon being the ones that are growing out. Yeah. And now we have Ruthie just like playing everybody like a fiddle. So yeah. Um, I think the main storyline here we had was Robbie's and it was definitely an issue episode, but I feel like for an issue episode, it was one of those issue episodes where the The issue gets swept under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. And then they spend like, they do like the end screen where they have information about the issue, and you're like, you're like, oh, this was one of those episodes. It didn't really hit, I don't think. Yeah. Um, the ending hit more than I feel like the actual show did. So let's get into the cold open. We have girl talk in the cold open. Um, so currently, I think they've installed another bed in the attic. So all three girls are sleeping in the attic. And um, Mary and Lucy are talking about how much they miss uh, Winston and Jeremy, respectively. Uh, and Ruthie comes up with a brilliant idea of letting the Rev and Annie find... A pseudopole partner for them, because they are both trying to get married now, apparently. Um, for some reason, they're in a rush. Well, they say it's because of Robbie's. Robbie is so in love, and he's going to get married. Um, so... Um, that is their, like... They think... Well, Ruthie convinces them that their judgment has been poor in the past, so why not let someone else try? It's their joy to leave for this episode. <laughs> so that's about it, right? Yeah. That, so, um... We're going to do Matt and Simon first this time around. Uh, whereas we have the girls looking to their parents to help them, the boys completely reject their, that idea and decide that they're going to figure out their own way of attracting women. Um, and their idea to do this is to take the twins out on the promenade because women love babies, uh, apparently. And the kind of woman that, like, reacts... Oh, yeah, because they're looking for women who, basically, as you said, they're sisters. Yeah. <laughs> um, they want women who are, like, care about their faith and come from, like, care about their families and maybe possibly come from a big family. Um, so they take the twins out, and obviously the Rev knows right away what's going on, but he lets them, you know, pimp out the twins anyway. Um, so as they're sitting on the promenade, this is November in California, and we're thinking this is now Southern California, because from this episode we've gathered they're close to Arizona. 
Yeah. It's kind of cold, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Actually, I've never been to California, so I don't know what that's like. I don't know. It can get, like, I, I feel like the coldest it really gets is, like, 50. Oh, well, they were real bundled. I guess they're babies. Yeah. Um, so sleeping. Well, I don't know. Maybe a little bit cooler at at night um the sleeping twins uh, i don't actually know i don't know the, the i don't want to say weather. if you're in california i'm sorry if it gets colder than that but I, when i think of like the average temperature in california during like the winter i feel like it's hovers around 50 so uh the twins do not work any magic as they're sleeping and uh because it's very late yeah. and everyone is like shame on you for t- having those twins out so late um, so they give up and go home, and while Simon decides that maybe, like, you know, he's going to have to try again some other time, and he goes to his mom, and he's like, what do you think, Mom? And Annie's like, I think you have plenty of time to find someone. Ugh, what a joke. I mean, he does, because he's 15, but also I hate who Simon eventually finds. So Dina, come back! Dina! But uh, it's Matt who surprises everyone, because... Oh, my God. Like, we just randomly... Out of nowhere, the Rev goes... It's the backyard, right? He Mm -hmm. goes to open the door to the backyard. And there's Matt and Heather making out. And Heather is... Why? 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 We learn that Heather broke up with her boyfriend, who was the professor, if I recall correctly. Um, And they broke up because she is moving to New York to start her teaching, to start teaching, and he wants to stay here, and they can't start a life together if they want to start lives in two different cities. And why is this happening? Why is Heather back? This was not the great love story of our generation. I don't know why they keep trying to make this happen. This is not Pacey and Joey. This is not Summer and Seth. Who cares about... (laughs) Heather and Matt. It's not Rory and Jess. And also, I wonder why um, do, like, what what is with the Camdens and going back to their exes? Are there no other people in Glen Oak? Or, like, literally anywhere else. They can go somewhere else. They can go anywhere else. Yeah. You went to a completely different state, Mary, and you ended up with Wilson. Wilson, right. <laughs> so... And Jeremy. <laughs> like, please. But not really. Um, so... Yeah, we find out that Heather's first love was Matt, and that, you know, you never ever, like, you don't really ever get over your first love. And I was like, bull fucking shit. (laughs) Poppy cock. (laughs) That's what that is. I don't know. I just, I feel like this is, like, an easy play that 7th Heaven does, bringing Heather back from, like, I feel like they're, like, just stringing her along. Be like, the actress, be like, you're on call this week. Right, right. You might be in an episode. I just... There's, she doesn't, th- that scene served no purpose whatsoever. Other than just, like, for her to get the residual check every time that episode airs. Ugh. And I think the thing I hate the most is, like, they, like, they were very good at the beginning about the sign language and everything, but ever since then, it just is, like, there's no, nothing. Random words, like, they'll, they'll do some, some sort of gesture for it, but it's not consistent at all. And that kind of annoys me. Um, so yeah, that's it really for Matt and Simon. They're both on the prowl looking for other people. Um, fine. I mean, I guess if that's what you want to be doing, can't you just die alone like the rest of us? (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go on to, um, their counter duo in, um, Lucy and Mary. Um, so basically 
the Rev and Annie catch like get wind that um, Lucy and Mary are going to or are thinking about asking them for help finding a mate. Um, Can we talk about, just very quickly, that Ruthie's the one that pushed him into doing this, but then... She's like, this is a terrible idea. Why would you do this? It's like, um, all these idiots, how do they come up with this? So anyway, the Rev at first is like, absolutely not. I would never do that because of a whole host of reasons. I don't, you know, why he wouldn't do that for his daughters. Um, but they are very insistent, and Annie is very, very excited to get started on finding a mate for her daughters. Um, or mates for her daughters. And it kind of leads to... This, like, interview back and forth. I'm assuming it's supposed to be, like, a funny scene. Yeah, where... Oh, yeah, it's, like, kind of split... Not split screen. Where it's... I don't know how to describe it accurately. But, so, the Rev is interviewing Mary, and Lucy is being interviewed by Annie... And they're like, okay, so... No, no, it's a reverse. Okay, the reverse. So Mary is with Annie and Lucy is with the Rev. And they're like, oh, he has to be tall. Lucy says he has to have blue eyes and blonde hair. And Mary wants someone with dark eyes and dark hair. Uh, Uh, Then, like, Lucy wants somebody from a big family. Mary wants somebody from... An only child. They both want somebody who's smart, somebody who goes to college. Or Mary's like, he doesn't need to go to college. Lucy's like, he has to. Lucy says something about, I don't want him to cheat on me, and I'm not going to cheat on him. But the Mary's like, find someone who I won't cheat on. (laughs) Which is entirely (laughs) within her control, so I don't understand. Um, and then, you know, it starts from, like, the big stuff, like, oh, he has to be kind to, like, very peculiar things. Like, Mary's like, uh, I don't like picky eaters. And Lucy says, he needs to watch what he eats. So, I don't, I don't know. Is it kind of coincidence that she says blonde hair, blue eyes, and she actually ends up with somebody? Right? Isn't that guy blonde, kind oh, of blonde yeah. hair, blue eyes? I think he has, like, hazel eyes or green eyes. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um... So when the Rev and Annie sit down to figure out who it is, they just keep on naming people from the past. Right. Because apparently there's no one there. They have exhausted like the Camdens have dated everyone in Glen Oak. So for Lucy, the first person they think of is Rod, who mm. is in the military, like, who signed up for the Marines. Uh, and the first person they think of for Mary is Robbie, um, who, of course, is happily going to marry Joy or something. The next person I think of for Lucy is Robbie's brother, not Lance Bass, the other one. Uh, the tall one. Who's also in a band, apparently. Uh, but he... But I think everybody's like, let's stay away from the Palmer family. The next person they choose for Mary, I think, is um, Michael Towner. Right, because <laughs> Annie, Annie just goes, but he ran her over. <laughs> The next person they choose for Lucy is Mike, but Mike is dating someone else. And Lucy or and Mike had their chance. If uh, like close the door on that. And the next person they choose for Mary is the firefighter Ben. Ben. Who the only thing they know about is that he's a good kisser, but apparently he qualifies. And the Rev says that too, so it seems like the Rev has kissed Ben. Right. Um, so what we like the conclusion of this is. nobody's any help in finding anyone anything. Uh, So basically, Mary and Lucy are left to their own devices, and that's kind of the conclusion. In the midst of this, we have a brief moment where, like, Ruthie convinces them that Robbie and Joy are breaking up, 
and they think they have a shot with uh, Robbie again, but then that goes away. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess this was just kind of like a rehash of the, everybody's dating history. Yeah. That's all it like seemed to be. I don't think there's anything to say. No, that's about it. So we'll go to the main storyline, which is centered around Robbie. Robbie's gotten a C on one of his tests in one of his classes, and we find out that Robbie is a scholarship student who needs to maintain... We always knew Robbie was a scholarship student. He needs to maintain a B average in order to maintain his scholarship and stay in school. So he's really stressed out about getting the C and wants to focus on studying for this class, uh, but in, but Joy is not having it. She wants, she's like, I need you today, just come over. She wants to come and, she, she keeps on saying come and play, and I don't play music, play with her, play. I, she's just like, come over. But she, like, she keeps on using the verb play. Which makes it sound like she wants to, and at first I thought they were getting at like she wants to have sex with him. Did you get that? No, I thought he, we all, like, all of a sudden he's a musician, and, like, she's, he's, she's gonna, like, but, um, yeah, so they get into a fight where she calls him, like, self-pitying, and he calls her a stuck-up rich girl. Um, I don't understand why, how it got from what they were talking about to the fight, but it was a fight. Robbie goes to the Rev for advice, because he doesn't know what to do, he, like, thinks that maybe their relationship is over now. Uh, but the Rev, in a surprising turn of events, is like, maybe it's her birthday. <laughs> and yeah, and Robbie's like, oh, no, I can't afford that right now. I can't afford to get her a gift. Um, and I don't know. The, well, the Rev is like, haven't you learned anything about gifting cheap gift give, Yeah, cheap gift giving from this family. And he kind of, like, Robbie's gets kind of self-conscious, and he's like, we come from two different worlds, she's, like, rich, and, like... Anything I can get her won't compare. Right. Um, but the Rev is like, look, at least go and see her. You can't, like, make these decisions without at least trying. You owe it to her. You know, maybe something else is going on, and you don't know what it is. Like, maybe some this day is important for some reason. Mm-hmm. So as he drives over, he... Well, first of all, he stops at a stop sign, does not signal... <laughs> Sees a dog. Unimportant. Um, take, pick, Picks up the dog because the dog looks exactly like Happy, only like a bit bigger. So he's like, okay, I'll try to find the owner. Um, but he says, before I go to get the owner or like go to the owner, I think he sees that we don't we don't see what the um, tag says. T- yeah. But he also doesn't say out loud. It just We just get the idea that it, like the dog's from far away somewhere. Like, let me go see... He says something about the dog being far from home. He's like, oh, yeah, you're far from home. He's like, let me go talk to Joy first, and then I'll deal with you. So when he meets up with Joy, and they have, like, a brief, like, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. But then they're like, let's talk let's to each other. Up. Yeah. Uh, we learn about Joy's tragic backstory, because everybody has one. No one is just a normal, <laughs> and, happy and person. And it's kind of like, um, well, I mean, only when it's convenient, like, these things come out. Um like you know how Shauna had like all this trauma in her past but it only ever ca- like the only yeah the only time that they ever shared it was like when that issue was going on in someone else's life which I guess if it's trauma you know they're not most not the most willing to speak about it but like these kind of reveals happen I don't know in strange strange ways right this one seems the most organic because it's like her brother's birthday 
and it's not because they're talking about something similar somewhere else, like another lost kid in a yeah. different part of town or something. So we learn that it's Joy's little brother Joseph's birthday and the reason that he's nowhere to be found, just like Joy's mother. Which we don't ever get an explanation <laughs> about. Um, is because he is lost or missing somewhere. Um, the story behind how he's missing is that she, like... We learned this from Joy's father... Um, Joy, Joy's father apparently had an ex-girlfriend that was a little bit unstable and like when he married Joy's mother, I don't know, she like thinks she's entitled to have the child. Yeah, that like uh, Joseph should have been his, hers. Yeah. And so they think that she took him, but like there's no like confirmed evidence. So uh, like since then he's been missing. Uh, And it's been something that, you know, really gets to them, especially around his birthday. So uh, as they're having this conversation and Robbie's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't know this was going on in your life, um, Ramon Reyes, Mr. Reyes, the father, comes out. He's like, "What is that? why is that dog barking so much? And that's when Robbie remembers there's a dog. And we learn that, that it's Joseph's dog. Um, so this is kind of when the reveal happens and we find out like that it was they think it was an ex-girlfriend. Um, of the father, and they somehow instantly know that this is Joseph's dog, and they look at the tag, and we learn that the address on the tag is in Arizona. So Robbie calls the Rev and is like, oh, you got to get over here. And the Rev is like, oh, what what is happening on this day? And Robbie's like, you just have to like meet Sergeant Michaels in front of the house. So now the Rev knows it's serious. Sergeant Mark Michaels has been promoted. He is now a Detective Michaels. However, he started working on this case two years earlier, so that they, they leave him on the case. And when the Rev gets there, we learn that they're planning, like, a sting operation, basically. So they want the Rev to go to... Ret- so this is why we think they're in Southern California, because they're going to drive to Arizona, and they want the Rev to return the dog as, like, just to see how the woman responds. Like, as a neutral party. Yeah. And then while you she returns a dog, that's when the Rev will take Joseph. Just, like, there's some sort of big operation plan with, like, the Arizona police, <laughs> the Californian police, and everybody else. Um, we, like, we return, to, we return to what's happening the next morning. So I guess the Rev drove through the night. Again, don't know where they are, where in Arizona this person is. And uh, the Rev comes out, and we see a woman and a child, who we presume to be Joseph. And the Rev's like, I found your dog, and uh, it didn't have a phone number, so I just came to the address. And Joseph runs to get the dog, who is waiting in the van, and and from the van pops out (laughs) Daddy Reyes. Daddy Reyes, and he's like, Joseph! And the woman's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, no. And she's like, no, Joseph, come back here. But as soon as she starts to try to run to the van, she is surrounded by the Arizona State Police who wear what are basically cowboy hats. Right. Apparently. Um, If you live in Arizona, please confirm or deny this. What your police uniforms are like. Because these hats were incredible. Um, This woman is still still feels like she's entitled to this child that Joseph should have been hers that uh Mr. Reyes like promised her like to get married to her I don't really understand the family drama here between the Reyes like 
family. Yeah. Uh, but that's where the episode ends with, like, the family reunited. Um, so, like we said uh, earlier, this was an issue episode. So, after this episode kind of comes to a close, they showed 40, well, there was more than 40 photos, but 40 photos of children who were currently missing um, at the time of the of the air date. Um, and we kind of looked up and saw that 15 of those people had been recovered as of 2004. Yeah. Um, so that's good. I mean, 15 out of 40 is really more than you would expect because, I don't know, and it really just bummed us out watching it because yeah. when you see, like, these kids that have been missing, like, since, like, way before the episode aired, yep. it's kind of like you lose a little bit of hope so it's good it was good to to learn that 15 of the children had been found and we're assuming that something from this episode might have helped it like right having like having this air on such a national level and also because you know a lot of these were on reruns like we found out through abc family like the abc family reruns that these kids had been recovered um the other thing we saw was like a lot of these were age progress like they were age progressed using technology to see what they look like now. Um, obviously, it was all about, like, if, you know, if you know any information, call this number. I think it was a 1-800-LOST. Yeah. Or 1-LOST. Well, yeah, because it can't be, be just lost. lost. Um, and just, I guess, not really saying a lot, but just, you know, just drawing attention to the fact that there are a lot of cases out in the world, in this country. That are still unsolved. Um but anyway, like you said, though, the issue wasn't really the primary focus of the episode because we only learned in the past, in, like, the last five minutes of the episode what the whole deal with Joseph was and, like, where he was. and That there was even a lost child in the first place. Right. We we had never heard this about Joy before. I mean, the, she was just introduced, but... The primary, like, focus of this episode was parents... Like it was just finding like, suitor, like finding suitable mates for their children. It was a trip down memory lane, basically, of past girlfriends and boyfriends past. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is like great that like what Seventh Heaven did ended up, you know, having a positive ha- having impact. Having some of these kids be returned home, yeah, which is fantastic. But we feel like, or at least I feel like, they could have focused, done a better storyline with it. You know, maybe gotten rid of some of the other stuff that we didn't really need. Uh, in this episode, and really made it about, like, children that go missing. You know, the Rev usually does a really good job of stating facts about this stuff, and it might be good, might have been good to, like, have that yeah, in there. Yeah, just say, like, oh, did you know, or maybe teach it as, like, a lesson to, like, one, like maybe Ruthie, because, I don't know, they, like, have usually when the Rev explains it to one of the kids, the issue, that that's how they do the issue episodes best. Um, so, like, possibly just framing it, like, you know, Ruthie being like, why do you have to go to Arizona? And he's like, every year, you know, this many children go missing and, you know, uh, this can help recover them or whatever. Just, you know, just yeah. general uh, issue episode stuff. What would you rate this episode? Um, it was entertaining, even though it kind of missed the mark. So um, I'm going to say four. I'm going to give this a three. Um, although it definitely, I thought it, ended pretty well it just the rest of it really lost me um all right so if you'd like to continue listening to us you can listen to us on at soundcloud.com slash camdenkist on stitcher and on the apple itunes podcast app um if you want to follow us on social media our twitter and instagram handles are at camdenkist show 
and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash CamdenCast. I'm Erin. I'm Tanvi, and this is CamdenCast. <laughs>